We're just going to come around now, the, the Word of God. Who loves to hear the Word of God preached? It's one of my, one of my favorite times uh, of the week is to hear someone just share revelation on the, on the Word of God. And we have a very special young lady sharing first. She's our guest relations coach along with her fiancé, um, and that is none other than Alex Hutchins. Um, and she's going to share tonight... Um, just a revelation that God's, God's given her. And I would just encourage you to lean in with faith um, that tonight I've come to receive. I've come, I prayed on the way here and I'm like, God, don't leave me the same. And I would just encourage us all to lean in as Alex shares, as others share shortly. So can we just stand to our feet and welcome Alex as she comes up to share with us. Gosh, hey church. Ugh. Don't drop the tablet. Um, mate, the idea of you guys being parents, I legit want to cry with joy every single time I think of it. Congrats. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Alex, so you guys can have a seat. <laughs> um, and I'd like to start by honoring someone very special to me, and that's my fiance, Sam. I know. <laughs> um, I could spend five minutes talking about how amazing you are, but I will simply say this. Your faith is inspiring. And I'm so grateful to be marrying someone with such a beautiful heart for Jesus. So thank you. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, so about a year ago, um, God put this image in my head. And God tends to talk to me with um, pictures sometimes, or gifts, if you will. Um, and I just remember standing on the edge of this body of water, like a lake. And the water was just perfectly clear. It was really beautiful. And I remember looking down and I was standing about ankle deep in the water. And when I looked a little bit further out, about knee deep was Sam. And he turned to me as if to say, are you coming in? And I remember standing on the edge of this water with my arms crossed, still not sure. <laughs> and feeling a little bit freaked out because when I looked past Sam, further out into the water, dead ahead of us, there was this deep patch, like really dark blue water. There's no way you can see the bottom out there. You can't touch the bottom. And that freaked me out. I guess what freaks me out about that is that in deep water, you can't touch the bottom. You can't hold yourself up. You're fully immersed. You're fully reliant on the water itself to hold you up. And as a control freak, this scares me. <laughs> and what scares me more is that when I looked at Sam, he was heading straight for the deep water. I looked to the left and saw some shallow water. And I was like, oh, yeah, that looks good. Like, let's go swimming there. And he was like, nah, I want this deep water. But what was lovely about this moment is that as I looked to Sam, he smiled at me. And he reached his hand down, and as I took it, we walked out into the water together, and I felt less afraid. I feel like as I was preparing for this message, God reminded me of this picture that he'd given me a while ago, um, and it just spoke to me about how, yeah, going deeper in my relationship with God and wading out into the future that he has for me, for us, and what it means to be a disciple maker and a disciple of Jesus. And I realized that for me, one of the keys to being fully immersed, fully surrendered, is being surrounded by the right people. I wish I could say just surrounded by people, but some people will distract or discourage you in your walk with Jesus. It's important to have people around you who can speak life into you and guide you in the right direction. I've been blessed with not only an amazing fiance, but incredible friends and family who've done this for me. People who have encouraged me in my faith, who teach me about Jesus and how to live like him, who guide me and hold me accountable. And I'm so grateful because I wouldn't be where I am in my walk with Jesus today without them. 
Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So to surround yourself with the right people, I would encourage three things. Number one, keep turning up at church. It is a place with the highest concentration of the right people. In this house, I have met so many people of all ages and stages of life that have helped me in my walk with Jesus, and they've become amazing friends. People who I listen to the Word of God with, I can share and hear revelation from, can serve alongside, and build God's kingdom with. Number two would be go to a connect group. Small groups have given me the opportunity to build deeper friendships, and it's been a safe place for me to be vulnerable, to share my experiences, ups and downs of life. My Connect girls have been amazing to me. They were there for me when I started my walk with Jesus. They were there through breakups. They were there through my dad when he was going through a really rough patch. They prayed for us. They were there when my dad got saved. They were there when my brother got saved. They were there when I got engaged. These girls are like sisters to me, and I'm so blessed to have them in my life. Number three would be to pray. I've done this myself, and I know several others who have, and it's been so amazing how God provides. You can ask God to surround you with the right people. You can ask God for godly people that can do life with you, and he will give you exactly that. I've met so many people like that in this house. So I'd love to close by praying for us right now, if we can. So if we can close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I stand here in your house tonight and ask on behalf of everyone in this room that you surround us with the right people. Surround us with people, Lord, who can encourage us, guide us, draw us closer to you every day so that we can be fully immersed, fully surrendered followers of Jesus. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alex. I love... um. <laughs> You can tell she's a scientist when you say the highest concentration of the right people. It's good. I like it. It's, it's, it's playing the probability game, you know, more likely to run into the right eggs. But um, I love that uh, Pastor John says it as well, uh, such a similar point where he says, show me your friends and uh, I'll show you uh, what your life is like, essentially. Um, and it's so true. We need to surround ourselves with the right people. So thank you for sharing that with us. Can we put our hands together again for Alex? Some awesome keys in there. Uh, in a second, I'm going to get up uh, another amazing person. She is our creche coach and leader. Uh, she's also wife of the amazing Ben, who always wins the push-up competition. Um, every year, he's banned now. Um, and it, she's also the mum to uh, two beautiful, beautiful sons. And um, it's an honour that we get to hear you share with us tonight. So can we all just stand to our feet and welcome up Belle Stanley to come and share with us? Come on up. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Please take your seats. Get strapped in. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so firstly, I would like to honour my daddy, dearest, who is here tonight. Uh, I only realise it now when I look back and see how you planted the word of God in my heart. You were such a pillar of strength in our family, and your continuous encouragement, accompanied by wittiness, is one of the main reasons I love you so much. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. I know. <laughs> Yay. Go, Dad. Woohoo. Okay. So, a disciple is a fully surrendered and a fully immersed follower of Jesus. 
And whenever I hear this, the word surrender really stands out to me. When Ben and I were in a birth class pregnant with our first child, Noah, and they were talking about the word surrender and how it can have a very negative connotation. Literally, the Oxford Dictionary definition of it is give up or hand over typically on compulsion or demand. But surrender in birth actually means to make a positive choice to embrace the unknown and opening of the heart that accepts and welcomes the events however they unfold. So in Psalm 118.8, it says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. We can take refuge in our houses and trust that it'll keep us safe overnight. And we can take refuge in our cars and trust it will get us to our destination safely. So taking refuge in the Lord for me is I surrender to him and I know he will be taking care of me and keeping me safe. Um, I've been through some hard stuff and it's really hard to picture any kind of future you might have when you're in that time. And I've been in that place before where I didn't see any future for myself. So I can understand how sometimes it might be hard to hear people say, imagine taking refuge in the Lord and seeing where he will take you. So after giving birth to our second child, Leo, I was on this euphoric high for like three weeks because I had completely surrendered my whole pregnancy, labor, and birth to what God had planned and my body knew to do. And I came to realize that if I had allowed myself to completely surrender to God's guidance in all areas, I could probably have more than just a few euphoric weeks. Now, my dad said to me once, you just got to think about WWJD. What would Jesus do? And so that's where I started, and I pulled myself up. I had to train myself in lots of situations to constantly be focused on the realizations I had had. When I felt myself hating my body negatively, God made the world, and he made my body, so I don't need to hate it. When I felt myself confused by other people's way of living, my friends are on their own journey, just like I am, so I don't need to be confused. And when I felt myself angry that others weren't treating people equally and making others feel like outsiders, maybe I should just be helping and encouraging the people around me and continuously focusing on what I can do to make others feel welcome. So while trying to do that every day, I also started praying. I was like, God, I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm waiting. I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm waiting. And as I was praying this over a few months, I was like, okay, I'll just try and be obedient. And by that, I mean, I wasn't questioning my first instinct much. When I felt the urge to pay for someone's petrol because their card wasn't working, I just did it. When I got the thought to pray for someone, I did it. When I got the eagerness to start Bible college, I made it work. And when I would be scrolling Instagram and realize I could be reading my Bible, I'd do that instead. (laughs) So after spending years of questioning every thought I had had and just started surrendering to what God was truly putting on my heart, and if I was ever confused about a situation, I would just pray about it for clarity. A few months had passed, and one day when I was praying, I was like, wow, God, I am ready. Oh, I am willing, and yes, I'm just here waiting, and this shift had happened inside of me. Because when I first started coming here, in all honesty, my heart and mine were a little closed, And I had to realize if someone is standing in front of me with a gift and my hands are closed, how am I going to receive that gift? So I could only by opening my hands. So I had to start opening my heart and my mind and remember that every single time I came. So I'd like to finish in prayer. 
God, I thank you for everything you have done and everything you will do. I pray you help us with getting ourselves and others the love, grace, and forgiveness that Jesus did. I pray you help us to start and keep following what you are putting on our hearts without doubting ourselves or our situation. Please help us to surrender, help us to open our hearts, and Lord, we thank you for your eternal guidance and for being our refuge. Amen. Amen. Come on. I love it. I love it. The Lord is my refuge. Hey. So many times in the Psalms I read that and just get so excited. And I love that, Bell, the moment you just started to listen to God's daily promptings and just follow them. That's awesome. At the other end of that obedience, I love Pastor Trent said it is someone else's miracle. Uh, and it's just so amazing to hear your story about just leaning into what Jesus is doing. And it's, it's, it's amazing and, and inspiring. So can we put our hands together for, for Bell? That was cool. Uh, in a second, I'm going to get up uh, a very funny man, um, but he's not just funny uh, and not just intelligent, but he loves the Word of God, loves people, loves Jesus, and I always love to hear him uh, share the Word of God. Uh, I got to serve alongside him in youth for quite a few years, um, a few cheeky years there. It was just, it was good fun, but um, anyway, don't go there. Um, but yeah, no, no stories. Um, but anyway, I'm going to welcome up in a second, uh, none other than Nick Hickman. And so can we put our hands together for him as he comes up and shares with us? Thank you, Isaac. Oh, if you want to hear some good stories about youth, just ask um, Isaac Sansom. He was somehow there for like the, yeah, the wildest youth stories. Anyway, you guys, you guys can sit down. Um, as Isaac said, I'm Nick. I'm our worship director here, which is awesome. How good did our youth band do tonight? Man, I thought, I thought youth band was good when I ran it like 10 years ago, but these guys are like better than anything we could have ever done. You guys are awesome. Um, I would love to honor Pastor Josh. Pastor Josh has been my leader pretty much since I got here. Uh, and as part of that, I've been able to see him up close and personal um, for a lot of that. And something I love about Pastor Josh is he is truly a fully immersed, fully surrendered follower of Jesus. He's a great example, not just for us younger guys, uh, but also the older guys in church to look to to see how to live life with Jesus. So I just want to honor you, Pastor Josh. I, I came to our church in November of 2005, and I was just this 10-year-old kid who didn't want to come to church, pretty much. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, when mum pretty much dragged me through those gates, um, I, found, I found my family. You know, I found people that loved me and would call me out on stuff and encourage me. Uh, I found my purpose. Like, I'm, this is... This is the best place on earth. Like, unless God tells me to go somewhere else, um, I'd love to just get buried in the grass out the front there. And we can have, <laughs> I think that'd be cool. Um, but but I, I, I am a fully immersed, fully surrendered follower of Jesus. I, I love God. I love this place. Um, and one of my scriptures for being a fully immersed, fully surrendered follower of Jesus, one of my good friends sent this to me when I started my internship. Um, and it's been a scripture that I've prayed over myself, over myself most days. It's Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3, if we can get that on the screen. There we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. 
I love that scripture. Um, being, can we chuck just verse one up? That'd be sick if you could do that. Um, but so verse one, right, says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Um, when the Bible's talking about physical actions like that, it's rarely talking about those actual physical actions. Like, it's not like you'll be blessed if you see someone who's living in sin walking down the hallway and you get in their road to stand in their path, you know? That's not what it's talking about. Um, what it's talking about is how you posture yourself spiritually and emotionally and mentally. Um, you, being fully immersed in God means being 100% immersed in God. And if you're fully immersed in God, you can't be immersed in anything else at all, right? Like, I can't be fully immersed in God, but also 50% immersed in that. It doesn't work. Um, yeah, we, we're, you can't be mostly fully immersed in God. It's a yes or a no. Just like I can't be mostly married to my wife, Shekinah. It, we're married or we're not, and we are. Thank you, Jesus. You can't be mostly fully immersed in God. And so if I'm fully immersed in God, I can't be living my life the way that people that do wrong things are telling me to live. I can't I can't stand, I can't posture myself, I can't have my attitudes in the ways that people that don't love God have them. I can't be comfortable in a place where we're mocking people and we're scoffing at people if I'm fully immersed in God, right? Second verse um, says, uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. The law of the Lord is the Bible. It's a good time reading the Bible. As Isaac said, I really, really love reading my Bible. It challenges me, it's life-changing, it's encouraging, it's funny. There's one point that uh, the Apostle Paul writes it's about surrendering people to the devil because he's like, I've tried praying for you and that's not work, so let's have a rough time and we'll see how you go on the other side of that. Like, it's a good laugh, right? I love it. Um, but it, this, this scripture is telling us that it should be on our mind and in our heart all day and all night. And that's not just so we can know a lot of scripture. That's not just for us to be in the Bible, but it's actually to get the Bible into us. Um, I like to set myself a reminder. I do set myself a reminder in the afternoon to rem try and remember what I read in my Bible that morning. And you know, some afternoons it's easy. I was like, ah, oh, I read this. It says this. This is what God said to me about it. Boom, boom, boom. Other times it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, what happened this morning? What was that scripture? What did God say? Um, but it's because we shouldn't just be reading our Bible just to, you know, tick a box and go, oh, there we go. Did my Christian thing for the day. Can move on. Uh, we should be reading our Bibles to actually get the scripture inside of us because it's actually transformative. Um, and then the next verse says, planted by streams of water, which the, the stream is Jesus, right? That's the, that's the picture going on here. And so if we're planted by that stream of water, if we're planted next to Jesus, it doesn't matter if it's raining or not, right? It doesn't matter if it's a good time or a bad time. It doesn't even matter if it's a drought and there's no rain for a long, long time. We're good. We're drawing water straight from Jesus where other trees, where other people are growing weak and they're dying and it's not working out really well for them. We're sweet because we're drawing straight from Jesus. Um, an easy self-check, I would say, for being, going, am I fully immersing myself in God? Is am I displaying the fruit of the Spirit? Because it's literally the fruit, the result of spending time with God. Um, so I, I like to occasionally look at my life and go, have I got love? Have I got joy? Have I got peace? Have I got patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? And if, <laughs> if we're not doing too well in those, then it's like, cool, maybe I just actually need to spend some more time with God. 
Uh, another scripture I love is Matthew 16, 24 to 25. Um, and this is Jesus saying this, so don't get angry at me. Um, Jesus says, and Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Heavy. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, this is, I was, when I was reading this in the Bible, this is before Jesus has been crucified. So he says this to his disciples and he has like, we've got the hindsight of going, Jesus got crucified. That's what he's talking about. They were just like, well, Jesus is talking about some hectic stuff today. Um, but taking up your cross, right? What Jesus is talking about is to actually die to yourself, to make the choice that what I want right now actually isn't the most important thing. The Bible says that when we accept Christ, we become a new creation, which means the old creation has to die. Um, this means that it's just who I am isn't an excuse. It's, it's a lie, right? Because Jesus hasn't called us to just be who we are. Jesus has called us to better. Jesus has called us to higher. He doesn't just leave us high and dry in it. He actually wants to come with us on that journey. Um, I had... I had a moment a couple years ago. There was like three key events in the life of our church. Um, we had Christmas, and we had a men's conference, and we had our C3 Australia gathering. And I was running our youth band, and I was doing a pretty good job. And I was, you know, an up-and-coming band leader and playing guitar, and I thought I was doing a, you know, I was doing a good job. Uh, and for all three of those, someone else got chose, like someone else got picked to head up all three of those. And the first one happened, I was like, right, that's fair, you know. And the second one, I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then the third one, I was really like, ah, you know, one of those should have been me, right? Like, I'm, I'm doing good. Because um, I can get quite prideful in and of myself. And definitely the old Nick before Jesus, the Nick without Jesus, definitely um, has a lot of pride going on. Um, but with God, I chose to not dig into my pride and be like, well, that's not fair, and I should have, and I give this much time, so you should blah, blah, blah. Um, I chose to humble myself, and I went to our, I went to our worship director, and I was like, hey, um, you chose this other person for all three of these things. What can I learn from them? Not so that I can be better than them or anything like that, but actually, I just want to be better in and of myself. Um, in the moment, I wasn't like, yes, this is the defining moment that in, God, in my life that God's going to look at. And uh, like, you know, it, it just felt like I was really annoyed and I chose to make the right choice because that's what God was telling me to do. Uh, but in actuality, I look back on that moment and I'm like, man, so much hinged on me just actually making the choice to crucify myself and not get all angsty and all offended and everything like that. And actually, yeah, crucify myself and do what God's telling me to do. Um, it's not just about what we do. It's about how we do it. It's about our thoughts and our motivations. And it's all good to do the right thing. But if you're grumpy about it, God, you know, God doesn't like that. We've got to have a good attitude. Um, and yeah, an easy self-check for is, it, am I a fully surrendered follower of Christ? Is, is God the filter on your decisions? Shekinah and I this week, we're talking about um, starting up running a connect group. We got asked to, by the way, Josh, yes. Just, <laughs> I actually haven't told Josh yes yet. Um, but we were talking about it. We're out at dinner and we're talking about it. And, um, and on the, the filter, the ultimate decider was, do we feel like God has told us to do this? Yes or no? right? And yes, we talked about how we feel about it, because that's important. Hashtag high communication. It's good for your marriage. But, but at the end of the day, the filter was, has God told us to do this? Yes or no? And he has. So we are, you know. Um, me deciding to propose to Shekinah. I was like, she's amazing. I would love to marry her, but I'm not doing it unless God tells me to. 
Um, and I, I had a scripture sort of, but, um, there was, <laughs> but it was actually someone praying for me and they gave me a word and, a, and it was a specific word about that situation. And I was like, sweet, let's go. And then I think three weeks later we were engaged. It was like, um, the defo- yeah, for me, the deciding thing is, has God told me to do this? Yes or no? And it's small decisions too. Like, should I go out with those friends tonight? You know, sometimes it's like, a, yeah, absolutely, you can go out, you can be a good influence on them. Other times the Holy Spirit is like, no, don't do that. That is a bad decision. Um, should I go to church tonight? Is it a good one to pray? Which obviously you all did, and God said yes. Um, but it makes, life, it makes life really, really simple, right? Because God's calling the shots. When something starts going pear-shaped in my life, I'm not like, oh, I made this bad decision and that bad decision. And I, I'm like, God, you said... You said, if I do this, you're going to do that for me. You said, if I, if I give here, you're going to give back to me there. It makes it really, really simple. Not easy, but simple because God calls the shots and I can fall back on him every time. Um, yeah, and the, the, good, the great thing about it, if you're like me and you love growing and you love learning, is that it never ends. Um, I, yeah, um, you, you think you're on top of something and then God reveals to you that actually there's a bit more work to happen there. So I used to be, I work at Optus. Uh, and I used to have a pretty bad attitude about a lot of our customers. And someone would come in and they'd be, and you know, if, if you don't know something, that's fine. You know, that, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but when you're rude or when you're whatever in my face about it, um, it would really tick me off. And I would serve a customer and they'd walk over and like, have a nice day and then walk out the back and be like, bloody blah, 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 and just like rant about the customers, right? Um, and the Holy Spirit really convicted me about it because he's like, you know, he's like, Jesus came and died for that person. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then, and so I stopped saying it, but I'd still think it. And I was like, cool, I'm doing great. I'm not saying mean things about our customers anymore. And then one day I'm like thinking the mean things and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, remember how Jesus died for that person and that's what you're thinking about them? And I was like, oh, and uh, the great thing is about God, right, is he, he times it well, he's encouraging, he's loving in it, but it truly does never end, and it's the constant getting better and better and more and more like Jesus. Um, and so on top, of, on top of our obedience being good for us, right, and on top of us being fully immersed, fully surrendered followers of Jesus is good for us, um, and as much as it is about us, it's also entirely not about us, right? Um, as a fully immersed, fully surrendered follower of Jesus, as someone who serves at church, as someone who uh, gives into vision builders, who tithes, as someone who really gives God everything I've got week in, week out, I can see the fruit of that in the lives around me. And there's, there's people that won't meet Jesus. There's people that won't experience freedom. There's people that won't, have, won't experience everything God has for them if you don't become a fully immersed, fully surrendered follower of Christ. Um... It's from Jesus, not from me, so get angry at him. <laughs> um, people, people's like, you know, as much as church is awesome and church is great and we do it week in and out, there's, there's lives being transformed in the balance here. Uh, and so if you're not sure where to start, um, if you're not having a quiet time, do that. Just um, in youth for a season, we talked about three for five. You pray, you read your Bible, and you worship for five minutes each a day. Um, don't, don't go for the hour-long prayer stint. You, you won't do it. You'll never pray again. And then you'll be in another meeting like this, and you're like, yeah, I should pray, shouldn't I? Um, join a group. Join my group, hey? <laughs> um, <laughs> 
join, join, join a team. Join the worship team if you play an instrument. Or come chat. If you don't play an instrument, still come chat to me. I'll get you on a team. Um, do Alpha. Invite someone to church. Ask God what he wants you to focus on because he will absolutely tell you. Anytime I'm afraid going, God, what am, I, what am I falling short in right now? What am I not surrendering to you? It's like, bam, 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 like 16 things. And I'm like, all right. Um, but the other thing, like Alex said, don't do it alone. Have people that will have your back. Have people that will keep you accountable. Um, have people that you can be really real with to, to do the journey with you. Because if you're just trying to do it on your own, you're not, I promise you, you won't really do it well. Um, having people around you is so, so vital. So let's pray as I close. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you're speaking to people. God, I thank you that you're encouraging people. God, I thank you that you're convicting people. And Lord, I thank you that from tonight, um, we can live more fully surrendered and fully immersed in you, in your almighty name. Amen. Amen.